Welcome to another special edition of the Maroon Machine podcast. Today I'm joined by Kelty's shot stopper and first choice keeper, Dan Jameson. Well, she's just a Kelty clubby. She'll not have any advice. It's a trap the old bell, you how are you doing today, Dan? I've been good. It's been quiet for me today. I've got my wee one, which took her over to our granny's just so that I can get a wee bit of rest as well for a, sun- for a Sunday, especially after the game. So, ah, enjoy be, yourself that. Be a busy man. You obviously you've got work outside and, and the football schedule's pretty full on at the moment. What is it you do outside uh, playing football? Bus driver. So I'm at huh. uh, Rennie's. I'm actually at Rennie's. They, take the, they actually take the Celtic boys to the away games, believe it or not. I know that I plan on driving the bus, by the way. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Get slaughtered to everybody. I tried that. No, I really enjoy it though. It's mostly sort of school work. So you do the school runs morning and afternoon. So it's, it makes it a really easy, chilled lifestyle for me as well, which I enjoy, which I like. That's good. And I, I assume that works quite well around your playing and, and training and what have you. Yeah, so I finish at five o'clock. Gives me sort of maybe an hour and a half, to two hours before the game, so I can get myself home, get changed, get a wee bite to eat and stuff like that before I need to get up to training Tuesday, Thursday. And my work's perfect. They're they're absolutely brilliant with me actually, to be honest, because they give me every Saturday also as a rest day, and it obviously gives me time to go and play football and stuff. So it's really good. No, absolutely, that's brilliant. Thanks for coming on and having a, a chat with us today. Before we get into a wee bit more in-depth about your time at, at Kelly. Let's just sort of hear a chat about your career up until this point, up until you joined at Kelly. How how did you sort of get into football? What was your sort of starting point? I, I was just going to, obviously, the little training camps and stuff that you go to, like, obviously, like, preschool type stuff. Just with a local team in, in Livingston. I was brought up in Livingston, so it's a team called Muriston. And they just sort of progressed you. They, they actually progressed me pretty quickly. I played a year above myself for... Four years until I was sort of like so sort of from seven, eight, nine, ten was playing a year above myself. So when I got to the full size goals, obviously being a bit smaller, I, I jumped back down again so that I was playing at the same level. And for that point on, to be honest with you, it was it was a bit of a whirlwind. We actually we got Sandy Clark, Nicky Clark's his boy, his, his boys at Dundee United. Right. So his dad, he came up, he came along and actually coached us. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting professional coaching for the sort of 10-year-old, 11-year-old, which is absolutely brilliant. Doing, like, unbelievable things like shape on a Tuesday night and stuff like that that you would never imagine an 11-year-old would be doing. Yeah. But we went on we went on a run of 50-plus games that season and we ended up playing Rangers youth team and seven of the boys actually got signed. Seven of the team got signed for Rangers youth team after that game. So it showed you the strength that our team had at that age. But I mean, you can run through the team. A lot of the boys are still professional now. Danny Wilson, Rangers and Hearts, he's been over in America now. He's done really good for his sale as well. Uh, Reese McCabe's at Queen of the South now. It's Nicky Clark, you could, st- you, know, you could name everyone. Kyle Jacobs had the triplets and that as well in the team. And that team was amazing back then. So for us to go on and into a pro youth setup would have been the next step for us. And it was just so happy to be Rangers. And then I got released for Rangers for being too small. That was the sort of, that's what they say to you back then, don't they? Your physical, physically wasn't enough, basically. Yeah. 
and I joined, when I joined Livingston at 14. And that was me for then. So I was there for nine nine years. Quite crazy, actually, I think. And <laughs> um, was it always goalkeeping? Is that always what you did? or No, like the school team and stuff like that. I used to play at field. I used to play left mid, which is quite... I'm right-footed, so I used to like cut in and have shots and stuff like that. But I think it actually has helped me and developed my kicking for the back at that age. So when I was really, really young, it, it's more about your... Or I personally think it's more about your technique than it is about the power. Yeah, and if you get the technique right, and they start, then as you start getting older, sixteen, seventeen, you realise that the power's coming, and you start kicking the ball a lot further. So, I think it helped me in that sense, uh, getting the technique right and your passes and stuff like that. But as far as pro youth side of things, always been a goalkeeper. Yeah, just remember at like really, really young age, playing seven sides, running for I was playing defence at the time, running out to the, the wee striker and just kicking them. <laughs> and the the manager at the time, the coach at the time, Charlie Burns, he says to me, you can go on goals, you can do that, but you can use your hands as well. So I'm exactly the same in goals, running out, outside the box and just tackling people and picking the ball up. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it started. That was that was basically what I started enjoying my Sunday my Sunday mornings because I like playing goals. Oh, absolutely. So and obviously playing with the calibre of players that you were mentioning there, that's that's going to have helped your development as well as you went through that youth system. I think the 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 standard of players always brings your own game up. So if you know that you're playing with other players that are excelling at that level, like, I mean, boys club level, we won absolutely everything. We went through it at the Edinburgh League, we won absolutely everything. Played Hutchie Vale in four finals and beat them in every final sort of thing. So, I mean, That's it was an impressive team. It was an impressive team. We've done really, really well. And for the team to basically all go to Rangers, I mean, there were seven years that ended up in Rangers and another four or five that did at least go pro youth. But for the boys that went to Rangers with, with myself, it was basically the same. We just sort of jumped into that setup and done the same thing, but just had different ideas with different coaches and just kept going and progressing really well. And I think you can see with the, the players that have made it professional and have been in the game for so long that the standard that started very high has obviously continued to be that high which is a really, really good thing for us. Absolutely. And looking at the boys you, used to, you played with in that, that youth set-up, you would have gone up against Nicky Clark when we faced Dundee United recently. Have you came yeah. across a lot of them during your playing career? Is that quite a, a quite a special moment when you do? Um, I think I've actually played against them all, to be honest. I've played with them and a lot of them at Livingston. So obviously the Triplets, the Jacobs, Nicky Clark, obviously at Dundee United, Danny Wilson when he was at Hearts. I, I mean... I would have said I probably played against them all. One of the boys that was in the youth setup for the Rangers Pro Youth team as well, Andy Hardy was there, and Archie right. Campbell, who was actually a recent kit as well. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it's good to it's good to you get you make friends with everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's and it's been for such a young age and watching everybody else grow and do so well in their careers as well is really really good. Really good to see. Absolutely, and you stuck with Livingston as you you sort of started your professional career spent a bit of time with Livingston how, how was that with a good club to play for I absolutely loved my time at Livingston to be honest the whole time the whole time I was there it was just a case of waiting and biding my time obviously went for 16 to 22 so you're talking a good six years where it's like in and out the youth team in and out the first team playing with so many unbelievable players to be honest when you look back now it actually 
worked out really, really well for me that the club went into a bit of financial difficulty. What they basically said then was a lot of players are getting a pay cut and if you choose not to take the pay cut, we can't take you on. And the goalie at the time, Andy McNeil, they actually told me sort of three or four games to go at the end of the previous season that he wasn't going to sign because the money was was ridiculous. It was wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So me, me being on buttons at the time, basically just stepped up for there and that was me. 23, I ended up playing. And then for 23, that was me. That was sort of me in the first team for then. Just progressed. Is that sometimes a break that you just need in football and, and you obviously did quite well when you were at Livingston. I think you were with them as you they sort of moved up the leagues a little bit as well, weren't you? Well, that was the, the Italian owners. So we can't, I'm not allowed to mention them anymore. <laughs> um, the Italian owners that came in and that was when they got relegation right down to the bottom, the third division at the time. And that also helped me because I played the game in the third division and I, I gave in the second division as well before getting promoted back up to the, the first division because we'd won the league and there was extra games at the end of the season. It was obviously trying out players and stuff like that. I think, I would like to say I impressed and I won the two games. I think actually big Tony Bullock got uh, suspended and I played the first Challenge Cup game against Airdrie and we won that game as well. So I stood myself in good stead at the start of yeah. my career, even though I was, wasn't playing a lot. And I think the managers at the time had a lot of confidence in me going forward because of my performances in the youth team. So, ah, Well, I mean, they, they stuck with you and eventually you did get that, that break. So... It, it yeah. would have counted for some, definitely. You spent some short spells at Hamilton and Bowness after for your time at Livingston, is that right? Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really a bad fallout with the manager. I just had a bit of a disagreement with the manager at Livingston at the time. And it was a case of, I want to play, so like let me go, basically. So I ended up with Bowness. I think I was there for five weeks. And it was just a case of I was going to play until January, get myself fit, get myself back into the team, sort of work hard or as work as hard as I possibly could, see if I could fight my way back in. And yeah. on the 30, what was that, the 31st of August, I think it was deadline day actually. Hamilton were, I think we had two, I think two of the goalies actually classed in training, believe it or not. So they ended up injuring themselves, so they were having a wee bit of trouble. And again, it's another bit of luck when, when you look at it like that, obviously. Alan McGonagall, who was the manager at Bowness, is actually on the board at Hamilton. So he's recommended me to the Hamilton team, the Hamilton management staff, that I would be available at some point if they needed me. And they managed, obviously, for then, it just sort of thrashed it out. But Livingston were happy to let me go. It was just probably a good time to move on, I think. I got in the team and then got, went back out the team. And when I went back out the team, I was never happy. So it was a good time to move on, to go and try new things as well. So it sort of worked out well for me in the end, but got me into the Premiership, which was a really, really good move for myself at the time. Absolutely, absolutely. It's an experience that you'll call on for the rest of your career. And then your, sort of your next big stint with a club before Kelly, that was a brof playing under Dick Campbell. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Best way to put it. No, listen... I would never have a bad word to say about... In fact, I would never have a bad word to say about anyone in the whole Arbroath. Right down for the management staff, any kit, the kit women there with Louise, absolutely brilliant, and the physios at the time. Everyone down to the tea lady at halftime used to make you a cup of tea or a bovril or anything like that. So I would absolutely love my time up at Arbroath. I loved it. Even the playing days, I mean, they say to you that it's windy up there and... 
he didn't really understand how windy it is until he stopped playing. Yeah. And in that situation then, I, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. The Just different challenges and it's like jumping about in the mud again at what you used to do when you were 12 year old. And I, I really, really enjoyed my time in Arbroath. But it was probably pretty similar to Livingston that I'd played maybe five or six games at the start of the season and never performed in a couple of games. And obviously Dick Campbell's is, well, he's, I'm, I'm not going to say harsh, that's not what I mean. I deservedly got dropped. Um, yeah, he's ruthless. Aye, very ruthless, aye, good word. And I got dropped after seven games and to be honest, Gaston never done anything wrong, you know what I mean? So it's one yeah. of the positions that if you if you come in and be a steady Eddie, then you'll play. It's as simple as that. And I thought big I thought big Derek Gaston done that. He's a very, very good friend, very good pal of mine. And to be perfectly honest, he was he deserved his place, he deserved the play. So that sort of came about at the end was was no, no, the in fact, I think it was probably just COVID to be perfectly honest with you. My contract just ran out and it just sort of no discussions were made or anything like that. They knew that I wanted to play and I knew that I was sort of wouldn't, wouldn't have a chance to play with Gaston playing so well. So it was a case that it just ran out and see what happened in the summer, basically. And that's obviously when you come about to your, your time at Kelty and what influenced you to head to, to Kelty for your, your sort of next step on your career? Uh, well, the interest, which is quite flattering, to be honest, when you hear the interest in January, because they're going for the playoffs, they're, obviously they're, they're looking to try and bolster their squad as, as quickly as they possibly can. That was a, a good thing for me, that's sort of been like headhunted a wee bit, that they're looking at me specifically at that time. Obviously that never materialised, but then... When the summer sort of came, it was just basically exactly the same again. Just getting the ball rolling and finding out what the what the plans were, what they're what they're looking to do for the next sort of five years, where I could be involved basically. And just listen to the gaffer speak. I mean, it's Paddy Ferguson at the end of the day, isn't it? You know what I mean? He's yeah. got the reputation of being a winner. He is a winner. He's very demanding. He's a very very good coach. Very good manager. With all the boys as well. And I had a Zoom call with him and Dean McKenzie. And after the Zoom call, I phoned my grandpa and I said to him, like, I, I want to join. I want to go there. They've got the vision. They know what they want to do. Everything that they've got in place is going to be really good for me. And obviously the, the one-year plan is to be in the professional leagues. But we're just looking to try and get ourselves up the ladder, go for the bottom of the pyramid and to try and get ourselves as far up as we possibly can. And I'm, I'm actually buzzing that I'm part of that. And since joining, how have you found it? the coaching staff? Obviously, there's Barry and Bob Malcolm there. Andy Forbes is a goalkeeping coach. How, how, have, how have you gelled with them since joining? It's a strange feeling because I've known Andy Forbes since I was 13. When I first joined Livingston, he was my youth coach, my youth right. goalkeeping coach. As far as sort of gelling and getting to know, I knew exactly what was coming for day one. I've had it before. I've knew, I knew exactly what was, what was going to be done training-wise, how he is as a person, and I think that encouraged me a wee bit more as well, knowing that I was just going to go straight in and know exactly who was there. And I think being the the, the older and experienced goalkeeper, is it's a new thing for me as well. I've never been in that situation my whole entire career. Even at Arbroath, um, Derek Gass is 31, I'm 29, so he's always like, slightly a bit older than me. Now coming into Kelty, it was a completely different challenge for me because Josh has been absolutely brilliant. He's been excellent. I feel like he, honestly, I feel like he could play um, in the Celtic team, no problem. 
So it's good competition for me, but at the same time, I'm really, really trying to help him. Want him to try and get better. I want him to try and uh, progress. And if it so happens that he ends up playing at the end of the day, well, I feel like I would have had a little bit of a hand in that to try and help him and try and progress, which is what I want to do now as I'm getting older. I want to see the young ones sort of progressing and getting better too, so that's good. Absolutely, and he's um, that's going to be beneficial for him, but it definitely benefits you having a, a keeper there that keeps you on your toes and keeps you working for that that starting spot in the, the starting 11 as well. All right, no, 100%. Just seeing him obviously a couple of nights a week, the Tuesday and the Thursday, but I mean, there's been a couple of examples recently that we're playing on a Tuesday night against Peterhead and he's more than willing to come in. If all the boys are getting the Thursday off, he's more than willing to be in with the goalkeeper coach, the young the young goalkeeper, and working his, working his socks off to get himself better. And that's obviously a testament to Josh and obviously Andy as well coming in and willing to work with him like that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it'll no doubt benefit him as his career progresses. What about, you know, you're, you're new to Kelty between the sticks, but the, that whole sort of back line at Kelty's been new. How, how quickly have you been able to gel us a sort of a group keeping the, the other teams out of the, the back of the net, I suppose? The best way for me to put it is a completely different style of play for me now. I've never really been in a team that's on the front foot on the ascendancy all the time. So it's now I look at the I look at our formation sometimes and I'm like, whoa, this is really open and like I'm not sure about oh there's a gap here, there's a gap here, oh but what about there? But and I you know, at first I'm like, cover this, Pad like Paddy, you need to come in here, you need to help us out defensively, blah blah blah. But as you start to trust players and you realise how good like genuinely how good the players are that we've got at the club, Tids are the captain, I'd I'd give him a ball and a phone box for the people. And I think he would keep it as well, by the way. <laughs> so, and it's obviously, Tam, Tam Riley's been exactly the same. The two of them give them the ball all day. So we are very, very comfortable at the back, knowing that they two are controlling the game. And even when they two end up getting pressed, they come right back to me. The team splits again, and then we go and play again for there. So it's been really, really good in that sense that I'm getting to play for the other side. Slightly frustrating for games like East Bright that we go 1-0 down, and they do sort of sit in two banks of four and just basically let us play in front of them. That I didn't influence the game as much. I can't. I'm, I mean, I'm in goals. I can't do much for the back there, other than instruct the team or like sort of throw out some commands and stuff like that, and just hope that obviously they can do their stuff. The, the East Coast game that was a frustrating one. I mean, it came down to a bit of luck. The ball just fell at his feet um, after hitting off the post and. As far as your, your own performance goes, four clean sheets in the, the first six. That you know, you could argue you've definitely done your part in getting Kelty to, to where we are. You know, points on the board are better than games in hand, but if we win those games in hand, Kelty go back to the, the top of the Lowland League. So still yeah. in a, a good position and, and you've definitely played a, a big part on that. You need to look at the boys that are in front of me. I think I think all the plaudits actually go on to the defence, if I'm being honest. I mean, just solid. Every single one of them. The four that have played, Reedy's came in um, against Brecon even last night. It was absolutely brilliant. And then uh, Tam Scobie's even came in as well. Played the, a wee bit of the second half in that game and it's again. It's exactly the same. So, helping them out with a couple of saves here and there, but I mean, at the same time, the, the four of them have been absolutely brilliant defensively. 
So they probably take more credit for the clean sheets than I do. But at the same time, clean sheets are clean sheets. So it's good for goalkeepers to get them. Uh, no, 100%. Um, obviously, so far this season, you've had a mixture of opponents. You've had some for the Lowland League and then we've had SPL opposition, League One, League Two. What team do you reckon sort of tested you most out of your sort of opening time at, at Kelty? Who's, what's been the most challenging opponent you've faced? Do you know, it might be a wee bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but when we played in Caledonian Braves, Caledonia Braves, and the game finished 1-0, I wouldn't like to say it was comfortable, but I don't think it's because of the. I wouldn't say that like they've been the best team. Like they never pass us off the pitch, and I don't mean that. But the conditions, the way that they played, they just pressed the, the back four all the time. They just just constant. They were at us. They put the ball in the box whenever they had that opportunity to do it. it was, I felt like that was a really difficult game, and for us to come out with that one for a clean sheet, that was the that was the big the big game for me. I felt like after that game. Not performing well, but as a back four plus myself, back five, I feel like we defended and we defended really well. Albeit deep at times, but I feel like we defended really, really well in that game. Absolutely. The Cali Braves are a bit of an anomaly, I think, when you look at where they are in the league and then you look at some of the players that are on their, their yeah. team. They're, they're a far better team than, than what their league position sort of suggests. And yeah, the conditions on that day were... <laughs> They were outrageous. Like I think it would have been difficult for for any side heading up to there. Aye, it was it was just the wind. You look at the the other the other games that we've played in, and it's been pretty calm, and we can get the ball on the carpet, and we can pass and pass and pass. And you get to that game, the sort of diagonals and stuff like that that you would normally see on. You put yourself under a little bit of pressure because you're having to take that extra touch to make sure that you get a right good strike on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made the game so difficult. But at the same time, it's the same for both teams. Both teams had to deal with it. And Kylie Braves, I actually thought they'd done really, really well um, on the day. And I feel like that's our, our hardest game so far. No, absolutely. I suppose I've got to ask you about the, the upcoming games. There's a, a double header coming up against Cumbernauld Colts. Um, is that one you're quite looking forward to? You've obviously you've got them at home on the Saturday and then it's an away trip to through to Cumbernauld laying on a, a bit of a bigger pitch maybe something you might be a bit more familiar with are you looking forward to that double header? I think it's a it's a, it's a cliche because a lot of people say it and you always get the the media trained professional footballers that say the same things all the time about it just being one game at a time but see when when they do say that I feel like that happens more for Kelty Hearts now we just need to take one game at a time. We don't want to be looking, say, if, for example, we say, oh, we're looking forward to the playoffs in May. Well, if we don't win the games that are in front of us right now, we'll not get in the playoffs in May because East Kilbride are playing well, Bonas are playing really well. All these different teams are in East Stirlingshire as well. So these teams are in and around us. We need to be beating them first before we even think about anything else. So as cliche as it sounds, I think we're just looking forward to the next game. Yeah. And then once once we once that game's passed, once the ninety minutes is done and it's quarter to five, you're then looking forward to the next game after that as well. But as far as the the teams, I've looked at the sort of squads and stuff like that as well, just to see if I recognise any of the players. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, there's a lot of players that you look at now and you're like, he was a good player back in, when I've played against him before, he was a good player. So you're 
up for a lot of these games here. I'm really looking forward to playing them, though, Cumberland Colts. And I think today they beat them last year, don't they? They beat Kelly yeah, last year as well. They were the last team to beat Kelly before that East Coast so Pride game. That's a little bit of, a little bit of spice in the game. You know what I mean? That gives us a little bit of energy as well. That'll give us just that wee tiny wee bit more enthusiasm to go and win and make sure we get a result. Absolutely, and you touched on it there. Um, I think this season versus last season for Kelty, totally different seasons. Last last year, you could have sort of argued it was a, a two-horse race. It was Kelty and Bonnie Riggs sort of fighting towards the, the end of the, the season that was obviously cut a bit short. But this season, there are there's so many good teams, like you mentioned, Boness, Shire, East Bride, Bonnie Rigg don't look like they're there yet, but they will be there as the season progresses. BSC Glasgow have been scoring a lot of goals. There's, there's a lot of teams with their, their name in the hat certainly early on in the season yeah no it's it's good though it's good that it's competitive and like I've said before as well it keeps us on our toes it keeps us wanting to win games and like you said before it's better having the points on the board but if we get the two games that we get and get maximum points for the two games then it puts us back at the top of the, top of the tree again and that's where we want to be so we're just looking forward to playing the games, just getting ourselves back into the the league action again after obviously playing a couple of Betfred games. Excellent. Brilliant. Thanks very much for, for joining Aye, no on. Problem. Good luck no for problem the rest of the season and we'll definitely get you back on again in the future. Aye, no problem at all, mate. Well, she just a kill. She'll no take no advice It's a drafty double bill You heed her up and she have to get twice Her father's just a waster Her mother's on the game She's just a Celtic clippy But I love her just the same